Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. Happy Black History Month! Again! Yes, for the next month we'll be looking at some of the most iconic and best black cartoons and TV shows. And this week we start with Romeo and my brother in me. And we take a special look at Cousin Skeeter. And without further ado, let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm very well, thanks. Happy Black History Month. Yeah, happy Black History Month. Again. Again. It's, it's good though, like we're doing, we're doing two months. That's like... Uh... Well, I, f- I feel like, because we've got quite a few American listeners, I thought we should do the Black History Month thing again for them as well as us. I still think February is a, a daft month to have Black History Month because then you're only getting 28 days. But it's probably by design more than anything else. I don't know. I think I think maybe February is significant that maybe we don't know about. Who picked it? I have no idea. That's what I want to know. I th- Was Malcolm X born in February or died in February? I can have a look. I mean... That's one thing I can think of. Um, I'm not sure, but I wouldn't pick a month that has only 28 days and then 29, if you're lucky, every four years. He was assassinated on the 21st of February, 1965, but he was born in May. Well, yeah, that, that maybe that... I don't know. I don't think it's marked on that month because that happened, but I do... Yes, I do think maybe other significant things occurred in the month of february and uh before we start i thought we'd um just quickly talk about kobe bryant oh my god and you know just hearing about that last week i think it's like the first time we're getting together to record and i just yeah obviously thoughts go out to kobe bryant his 13 year old daughter gianna Gigi bryant and the other victims of the helicopter including John Altabelli, Kerry Altabelli, and their daughter, Elisa Altabelli, who was teammates with Gianna. Also, Christina Mouser, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, and the pilot, Ara Zobayan, who all sadly died on that on that helicopter. And it's so crazy because I was, was it, yeah, Sunday evening, just on my phone, just dawdling about on Twitter, and then I see someone write, oh, my God, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. And you're thinking, what? Like, no, what are you talking about? Whatever. And then I see someone else going, oh, um, TMZ are reporting that Kobe Bryant was in a helicopter and he was on it and, and he died. And then part of you are thinking, oh, it's TMZ. It maybe isn't true. Yeah. Then you're just looking at it and then... I think the local authorities released a statement saying that there was a, a helicopter crash in Calabasas. And that's when you're thinking, oh, no, this actually could be something. And then slowly and slowly, more reputable sources reporting that. Even started reporting. I think when um, ESPN, I think, confirmed it, it was like, oh, my days. Like, how is Kobe Bryant? Uh, how like this is Kobe? Is that one of the most iconic sports stars of this generation? 
at least of our of our generation and then you had like this whole thing where was his family all on board and you're all thinking oh my god because he's got i think four girls and one of them happened yeah how the was, was on the plane Gigi and she um she wanted to be like her dad and and play basketball and obviously with um Kobe he kind of coined the uh, the mamba the mamba mentality which was like so iconic and so resonant with like so many people and i think with me doing this podcast part of it was me having that mamba mentality which in 2017 kobe said that the mamba mentality is a constant quest to find answers it's that infinite curiosity to want to be better to figure things out mamba mentality is you're going you're competing you're not worried about the end result that's what mamba mentality truly is and i think in many ways i can link that to me doing this podcast like i wasn't worried about who's going to listen to it and who's not going to listen to it it just felt like it was the right thing for me to do at that particular moment and i didn't care what people were saying or people weren't saying i was always going to do do this podcast no matter what and part of it does come from the 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 mamba the mamba mentality and obviously kobe bryant was known as black mamba that was like his 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 mon moniker his shtick like his gimmick so to speak like that was who he was he was the black mamba he would compete ferociously out there and yeah like uh, after jordan it was it was kobe it was it was him it was he who kind of took the mantelpiece and took the nba and kind of elevated it right into the 2000s and even the the 2010s and obviously he formed the uh the tandem with shaquille o'neal and won a whole bunch of championships together and i think one of the significant Kobe moments for me was when he scored 81 points against the Toronto Raptors in 2006 which was the second most prolific single game scoring performance in NBA history and even in his retirement game he managed to get 60 points against the Utah Jazz I think it was in his in his retirement game and it was so crazy because um just before he died, he tweeted to LeBron James. I think LeBron James had surpassed Kobe Bryant in terms of overall scoring. And it was kind of like Kobe was passing it on now to to LeBron saying, well done, this is, this is your team, this is you now. You're going to carry this Lakers team hopefully to, uh, to a championship. And then literally on the uh, the Sunday, it's like, he's not there anymore and yeah and it was like he means a lot to so many people and it's obviously a sad way to to kick off black history month but it's well worth saying that he meant a lot to a lot a lot of people and obviously he has the flaws and there was a lot of things in 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 his past that a lot of people questioned and i guess will probably still question even long after his passing but i think it's important to note that he meant the world to so many people in and around in and around the world and it was like he's 
when you think about truly iconic sporting figures of the last what 25 years he's definitely up there absolutely yeah he definitely is it's like even you know us being brits and whatnot like i like kobe bryant is like he's incredibly significant even like when you just scrunch up a piece of paper and you put it in the bin you're going kobe it's like it's a thing like you just you just crunch up a piece of paper put it in the bin you get it in it's like kobe and it's like we always used to do that and even when i was um living in egypt and met like some american guys and we would always like banter about sports and whatnot and they're like oh you don't know nothing about the nba and i was like yeah we do yeah we do and they're like go on name five nba players and literally the first name that came in my head was kobe kobe it's just, just like yeah that's it it's just by his first name you know him as kobe and it's like yeah obviously thoughts go out to vanessa his wife and obviously he's surviving surviving kids and obviously the uh the other families obviously the Altobelli family who um the three of them all sadly sadly died on that on that uh on that helicopter and like i said elisa was teammates with gianna and gianna had aspirations to play basketball like her dad and i think she had the dream to play for yukon which was like one of the best and most famous programs in terms of like for 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 women's basketball and uh like even like the tributes as well from like Shaquille O'Neal that was a really emotional tribute that he gave before a, a game and also I think Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel they also gave really good like anecdotes and their tributes for for Kobe was 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 really really and truly from the heart and the one thing I'll say before we carry on with the show it's like on um jimmy kimmel kobe did an interview i think it may have been last year or something and he was talking about how people were saying to him oh don't you wish you had a son who could be like you and 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 play basketball and he was like why he's i've got a, you know my daughter she she can play she can ball and she's gonna make me proud one day and it's sad to think that that won't happen now because of the uh of the accident and um yeah at the risk of uh rambling on a bit i'm gonna gonna go on uh go on to the show but um yeah the the mamba mentality kind of lives on at least with this with this podcast and uh you should know that i'm gonna carry on doing it and um and also yeah just saying that the you guys love the moomins man i have to i have to say like the actual sort of tweets and stuff like that was doing doing some numbers so uh it's pleasing to know that you guys are interacting with it and uh yeah hopefully you guys will listen to it and maybe one day in the not too distant future we'll uh we'll run it back with the moomins and we'll we'll we'll, we'll do uh we'll do a whole episode from moomin world because i'm i'm I want to go there. I I I really want to go there. Right, let's uh let's go on to our regularly scheduled podcasting and uh going to start with the special and cousin Skeeter. So, we're going to September again. <laughs> 1998 again. I may have done these before, but 
if you if you guys know all of this already, you're gonna know it again. So there you go. Google Incorporated is founded in Menlo Park, California by Stanford University PhD candidates Larry Page and Sergey Brin. The Independent Counsel Ken Starr sends a report to the US Congress accusing President Bill Clinton of 11 possible impeachable offenses. German Chancellor Helmut Kohl's CDU CSU party suffers a heavy defeat in federal elections to Gerard Schroeder's CBD party. Saving Private Ryan was in the cinemas. And Millennium by Robbie Williams was number one in the charts. In 98. September. <laughs> I have to say though, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Probably said it before. Favourite movie of all time. Like a cinematic masterpiece. It was I. It was amazing, man. Come on. I haven't seen it in years, though. I've... Donkey's years. I think I saw it last year. And then... But the thing is, once I watch Saving Private Ryan, I have to watch Band of Brothers, like, immediately (laughs) after. (laughs) Right, let's go on to uh, Cousin Skeeter. Now, this was an American children's sitcom which ran on Nickelodeon from 98 to 2001. It's about a young boy who is from California, but then has to move to New York. And then his cousin Skeeter, who comes from Atlanta, comes to live with him and the family. And the show is just basically about Bobby learning life lessons and learning about the ups and downs of growing up. Obviously, Skeeter is a hand puppet portrayed by uh, Bill. Bill Bellamy doing the voice and Drew Massey performing the puppetry. And within the show, he's actually treated like a regular human being. And there's actually no mention of him being a puppet. And the theme song was the alternate version of uh, 702's 1996 hit Stilo which was written by Missy Elliott. And it was actually one of the few shows that really sort of touched on the idea of multicultural themes and focusing primarily on issues that black Americans would face during the time, but obviously doing it in a comical way by the use of Skeeter. And obviously the cousin Skeeter is a, is a bit of a troublemaker causing mischief. And Bobby is kind of like the one to, to to balance it out. And he's the one that's always trying to get Skeeter out of trouble. Now, some of the uh, critiques and the critics, some of it was very damning of it. And uh, so, for example, the Hollywood Reporter, a writer, described the show as underdeveloped and dependent on a one-liner approach. I think it also had a laugh track, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah, it's nothing worse than a TV program having a laugh track when the jokes aren't funny. Yeah. It's like the most tragic thing in the world. Laugh, damn it, laugh, it's funny! No, it's not. Others note that the contrast between Bobby and Skeeter is meant to act as a kind of role model for children, but the message is lost in the strange behaviour of Skeeter. Yeah, I found him to be 
off the cuff, like I find him to be incredibly annoying. I don't know what the point was in making him a puppet. Like... Oh, that's uh, the next thing going. Many viewers find it odd that the fact that Skeeter is an actual puppet is never acknowledged by any other characters, which left them to wonder why he was even a puppet in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I one of my first notes I wrote down was, um, like, it's annoying that they put a puppet in a real world scenario and not referenced it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. okay. For, do you know, like, for example, Sesame Street, they're all puppets. It's yeah. All kind of a puppet world. Yeah. They're all kind of. Uh, but the kids acknowledge it. Yeah, but then, it's, oh man, why? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that didn't make, that didn't make it sense. That didn't make it sense, old. That didn't make sense. Ray Richmond, a writer for Variety, found the content borderline offensive, calling it a half-hour entrant in Nickelodeon's primetime Nickel-O-Zone lineup that sends TV view of black culture careening back to the Stone Age. To move swiftly and in an uncontrolled way. There you go. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Or to turn its ship on its side for cleaning. That's the English one. <laughs> the North American one is to turn around. Um, I'm trying to think if, if that was the case. I mean, straight out, I didn't think it was a good show. Yeah. But I think I think I think, yeah, with with with, with the puppet, I I do think it was like a really lame stereotypical because he's always rhyming. He's always rhyming, he's always trying to like play the women, is Yeah, it's it's I can see it in that sense, how it could be seen as careening back to the Stone Age or at least a few a few years back. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes rated it as one of five 1990s children cartoons that helped pave the way for black representation on TV, with the article citing the episode The Bicycle Thief, which tackled the issue of police interacting with black children. Ooh, I so didn't watch that episode, but fair enough. Not, not. I did watch that episode, and then yeah, according to Variety article from February 1999, Cousin Skeeter was consistently ranked as the top-rated live-action series for the Nickelodeon network. Who by? Well, Nickelodeon, I guess. I mean, yeah. Well, that's got to be a lie, surely. I don't know. What else was on back then? Even the Kill had ended. Uh, yeah. So. And what, all that? I don't know. I mean, obviously, look, people thought this show was good, okay? People did. I think that's the one thing to really say is that I'm watching it now and, and whatever, and it was like, you know what? For this whole week, it was it was a tough, tough watch to make myself sit down watch these shows because yeah i mean look we've got the benefit of being in 2020 maybe if i was watching this back in 98 i would think a whole lot different maybe i'll think cousin skeeter is like the the coolest guy around and maybe that that goes to show that um like black representation and black TV shows have come a long way since 1998. Yeah, that we're not willing to, um, to put up with that anymore. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Maybe in its time it was groundbreaking, and 
uh, you know, people. I thought mean, it was don't like get a- me wrong. Like, I, 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 I wholly appreciate that there was such a show, because God only knows there's enough rubbish, predominantly white shows. Yeah, and we're 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 probably going to end up doing a lot of them at some point. But yeah, it just it's not a case of like all black shows were like this because remember smart guy how good that was i'm pretty sure you liked that and i didn't like it i'm sure you said you did like smart guy was smart guy wasn't the one with urkel in it no don't don't <laughs> which one when was you, smart guy when you when you say urkel's name you better say it with respect <laughs> you better put respect on steve urkel's name oh smart guy was the one with the dad and he was yeah. like with the kids and he was yeah. really good with yeah yeah, yeah 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 that was really good there you go yeah don't 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 say Urkel's name <laughs> in vain like that. Like don't 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 do it like that. Not like this. I'm not having you. I'm not having that at all. All right. So I apologize. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't even know. What, I don't even know what else to say. You say something about cousin Skeeter. Um. Right. Let me just um. Let me just whip up my notes. So cousin Skeeter. Did you notice that the quality on YouTube was rubbish? Oh, ho, ho. like. It was horrific. I watched the pilot and it was almost unwatchable. It's like watching a radio show. No, no, no. It really was. Um, yeah, and I just wrote like the puppets again. Like not my strong point. It's... Puppets annoy me on TV anyway. And, <laughs> and to have this, like he was flying a plane in the in the first episode. Was he? Yeah, because he was on the plane. And he was talking to some lady, and then he was up, then all of a sudden he was up front, and he was like, "Fast new seat buttons, oh, 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 okay, yeah, <laughs> um, oh, wait, when he's coming to uh, New York, yeah, because he's supposed to be quite smart, right? Yeah, and he's meant to help, yeah, Bobby with his uh, algebra, uh, but then he ends up like in the first episode with that. Was it the first episode with the lady and then they, he has to go to some party and he knows. no he wants to go to a party and apparently because he knows mc light yeah and the they friend re- is like oh you like you know mc light let's you know can you introduce me to her and, and are they real like, artists yeah. what do you mean mc light mc light is a real mc oh, okay, yeah cool. she's 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 real okay cool um yeah no and the, yeah then he ends up being quite cool in that episode like he's being quite nice to his uh cousin yeah but um then I watched the second episode. No, sorry, series two, episode ten. So I kind of tried to like, you know, keep just jump because I, I, it struck me as one of those shows where you didn't need to keep up to date with it. No, it was one of the, you could just w- watch an episode, find an episode, whatever. It was fine. And I watched the chain letter one, and it was just like um, I didn't write anything, basically anything down. And yeah, my be- my notes on episodes are threadbare. Yeah, so this is my episode for series two, episode ten, Unchained. Right, basically the premise is they they get a chain letters you know the whole thing oh if you don't send this for they did the msn if you remember that back in the day oh. if, you don't, if you don't send this then they're gonna make it paid or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah anyway so it's a chain letter thing uh and then so there was a superhero then there was a chain letter and then they got bad luck then good luck then found a lunchbox that was my notes for the episode i don't know what the superhero regina the superhero thing had anything to do with the episode at all Huh? Oh yeah, because the, 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 this girl had a lunchbox, and then the guy said he'd fix a lunchbox, and then they didn't do the chain letter, and then they got all bad luck. Then their one got flattened. Then they went to a dump to find the lunchbox. That sorry, the chain letter that got thrown away, and then they found another lunchbox in the 
dump and then that was the episode. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, like, like I said, it was uh, something of a, of, of a tough watch. But yeah, like I said, I watched the pilot, a family thing. And obviously, as you were saying, Bobby's moving from LA to New York. And he's going to some school because he's really, really bad at maths. And so Cousin Skeeter is called out from uh, Atlanta, where he's from. And he's moving in to the apartment. And he's meant to be helping with the homework. But then instead of like doing all the homework, he's like, oh, I want to go to uh, a party. And MC Light is going to be there. And then once they go to the party, he's basically doing doing a madness, doing all sorts. And then the DJ is trying to, not DJ, the bouncer is trying to, trying to kick him out. And then I think MC Light comes to the rescue and is like, oh, it's all right. I know him. I know him. And then, yeah, she's like, yeah, these are my friends. This is my cousin. And then the girl is like, oh, Bobby, you promised you. Thank you so much for introducing me to MC Light. I love her. I think she's ace. So on and so forth. And yeah, MC Light is a real artist. Yeah, she's a real, she's a real artist. Good one at that too. Good one at that. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know. Well, you, well, I could have, I could have betted the house and the garden <laughs> of you not knowing who MC Light is. Yeah. So it's one of those where safe, safe, safe bet. <laughs> I, won't, I won't have to give everything up. I can just imagine you going, oh, I know MC Light. And you're like, huh? Yeah, that's not good. That's never going to happen. Man, if MC Light came from Cambridge, you wouldn't know who she was. Definitely wouldn't come from Cambridge. Why not? Because she's American. Well, you got that one bit, right? Good save, good save. <laughs> you know the bicycle thief? <clears throat> I did watch it because I was reading the notes about how the bicycle thief was a significant... It wasn't that deep. You know how they were saying that how police interacting with young black kids and so on and so forth it, it wasn't it wasn't that deep basically the episode is nina who's like the uh the girl oh i should probably should have done a quick run through of the characters and like i said skeeter he's a puppet who moves from atlanta to new york to live with his cousin performed by drew massey and voiced by bill bellamy bobby walker he's from inglewood california He's smart, well-behaved, and of often the victim of his cousin's mischief. Played by actor Robert Richard. Andre Walker, who's Bobby's dad and a record producer, is played by Rondell Sheridan. Nina Jones, who is Bobby's best friend. And it looks like they had a crush on each other from the get-go, and then they end up dating. Played by actress Megan Good. And I think she's been in a ton of ton of films, actually. I think she's gone on to, to be an actress. Vanessa Walker is Bobby's mom and a lawyer. And she's portrayed by Angela Means. And then there was a female puppet character. Really? Known as Nicole. And this was Tisha Campbell-Martin. But I don't think she's called Tisha Campbell-Martin anymore because I don't think she's with her husband, Dwayne Martin, anymore. And yeah, as I was saying, the episode about the bicycle thief, I think it's just basically Nina, Nina's bike gets stolen and they're just basically trying to figure out who's stealing the bikes. I actually fell asleep through this episode. That good, right? 
<laughs> I literally fell asleep and I woke up and they're talking to the police officer and the police officer's going, oh, well, basically, this is what happened to your bike and we're going to try and investigate it. And I actually went back to watch it, even the bits where I fell asleep, and they're just basically doing this whole elaborate setup to try and find the uh, try and find the uh, the thieving git who's uh, stealing the kids' bikes. And yeah, in the end, it's like they they get their bikes back. The police officers pats them on the head and goes, you know, there's your bikes, whatever. But it wasn't this whole deep episode about how. Because I was thinking, oh, maybe they think it was Bobby who stole the bike or something a lot more sophisticated, not sophisticated, but a lot more dealing into, delving into the whole idea of the police and the relationship they might have with uh, young black kids. But it was nothing of the sort. Like, it wasn't that deep at all. So in my I, opinion. I was watching, I'm a new, uh, I'm a, like a new entrant into uh, Everybody Hates Chris. Okay, and there's a bit that made me laugh. It's kind of on the same lines, but I thought it was a bit more deep than that. Where um, they're talking about black people's relationship with the police and stuff, like right? That. Right. He's saying right. that black people can't even point, and the guy pointed, "Oh, it's over there." And then the, all the police come and point their guns at him. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the weapon. I thought that that's probably deeper than what you just said. Yeah, but it wasn't as this whole thing like at all. Yeah. Which I don't know was a was a bit of a a damp squib, and uh, the last episode I watched was their first day of high school, and so they're all obviously when you go to high school you're trying to figure out who you are, and this is not like how we start high school in year seven, with oversized for... oversized clothes and like a book bag, <laughs> and just wishing your parents would hurry up with that picture that they always take and uh, i don't think i know where my picture went off to again i think i have a couple of pictures from me in year seven floating around but yeah i think i saw one but yeah man and yeah because obviously in america they start high school when they're like 14 so about about year nine year 10 is when they kind of go to high school for them oh yeah nine year 10 is when they start high school from that, year seven a, to year nine is middle school. Yeah, but I changed schools in year 10, 11, 12, so 10, 11, and then 12. You just go to a different school. Well, our schools were kind of, so we had seven, eight, and nine in one school, and then kind of next to that school was like the high school. So what's seven, eight, nine then? So, middle school, I guess. Well, I guess it would be the equivalent of mi- middle, middle school. Middle school. We just called it You went to school. middle school. Was, yeah, I mean, that was like... Uh, <laughs> I was very disillusioned by school, so I don't even, it was like, the, not, do you know when everyone says like, uh, oh, it's the best time of your life, enjoy, enjoy it, this and that. It wasn't for me. Yeah, same here. I'm not, I do not wish to go back to school. No, me neither. I mean, life was easier, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, life was easier, but it wasn't better. It was easier. I mean, what? No responsibility. I mean, we just played just, football yeah. and played rugby and stuff at lunchtime. And That's it. You just, and then you go home. You go back again, you've got no responsibilities, you've got no bills to pay, you've got no... Yeah, but just having to go to maths. Adulting and... I would rather do adult stuff than go to maths. No, no, no. I mean, as much as I didn't like school, I do think it was a whole lot easier than now. I always tell like young people, enjoy it. 
now. And this is, yeah, to all the message to all the young people who are listening. Growing up ain't all that, okay? But I'll tell you what, it's better than English. Y'all should be, y'all should be happy where y'all are. Honestly, what's waiting for you? Nah. You 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 should be happy with with your lot right now, and honestly, don't be in a rush to go out to the real world. It's a cold world. You better bundle up. Anyway, yeah, I'm going completely. Uh, those those winters in a mobile classroom, though. Come on, <laughs> all the uh, summers in a mobile classroom—they were horrible. <laughs> anyway, yeah. As with this uh, episode, stop trying to distract me. I'm trying to talk about. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about iconic black shows. All right. Stop trying to get in my way, Whitey. I did mention what did everybody you mention? hates Chris. So what? <laughs> I, I, that show then came out how many years ago? Shoot. I don't know. I've only just started watching it like two days ago. Anyway, Cousin Skeeter. This is the last episode I'm talking about this show and then we can move on. Finally. Um, yeah, so they start high school. And they're trying to figure it out. And basically, because Skeeter is a a mouthy so-and-so, he gets into it with someone. And then he ends up getting into a fight. And then Nicole, she's like saving him because apparently she's strong. And she wants to try out for the, uh, the high school football team. She's like, I want to play strong safety because I'm strong. And yeah, basically he wins a fight and he's basically the big man on campus. No, but that's university. But yeah, the big man on In high the playground. school. Yeah. Well, they don't call it playground, do they? It's a playground though, isn't it? But they don't call it a playground. They call it something else in America. The school fields. The yard. The schoolyard. Yeah, I think it might be schoolyard. But it's a playground. And uh, yeah, Cousin Skeeter, any, uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, I know. I mean, fair dues to the show, but uh, it's not one I enjoyed. I'll be honest. Yeah, same. I think it was mostly the puppet thing that just drove me bonkers. Hmm. I think it was meant to be like a cute little gimmick thing, but it just didn't work for me. Yeah, agree. Just, I mean, we love you guys, but yeah, it's a like a shoot and a miss. Right, let's do the uh, the head-to-head. And the first thing that literally sprung onto me was my brother and me. So let's go back to October 1994. And you had Keith Moore charged with stealing $5 million from Sting. The NBA shortens the three-point distance to a uniform 22 feet in an attempt to help offensive players score more. The Nobel Peace Prize is awarded to Yasser Arafat, Yitzhak Rabin and Shimon Perez. Stargate was in the cinemas and Baby Come Back by Pato Banton, Ali and Robin Campbell from UB40. That was uh, number one in October 1994. And so now we go to My Brother and Me. And this was basically uh, an American sitcom which ran on Nickelodeon. It centers on the Parker family who live in the west side of Charlotte, North Carolina, experiencing the highs and lows of everyday life. 
and it kind of really explores the relationship between brother and little brother so Alfie and Dee Dee and they kind of experience how life affects them and how they kind of deal with that with that sort of thing and it made history by being the network's first predominantly black show and despite the popularity of the premiere it only lasted 13 episodes so they only got one season and Dee Dee, who was played by Ralph Woolfolk IV, explained in an interview that the show was cancelled due to disagreements between the producers and creators of the show. And a second season was planned, but the two parties had different visions for the show and that caused a major fallout. And in 96 and 97, My Brother and Me was nominated for the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Youth or Children's Series Special. I think I wanted to say about Cousin Skeeter, they did get a ton of nominations. What for? Worst puppet show? No. They got, like, obviously when Nickelodeon or TV Choice or whatever, or even like the NAACP Image Award, like, they were getting... Loads of awards. And funnily enough, yeah, for the puppet, I think Bill Bellamy was raking in the nominations. Yeah, I think, like, in, ter- in terms of, like, the puppeteering and the voices and stuff like that, it's all great. Like, technically, you couldn't fault it. Really, but for me, just personally for me, ah, just puppets, man. I, yeah, I yeah, don't know yeah, what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, back to uh, back to my brother and me. It was, um, okay, you got the characters. You got Alfie who was played by Arthur Reggie III. Dee Dee was played by Ralph Woolfolk IV. Melanie, the older sister, was Ashling Sistrunk. And uh, Jennifer Parker, the mother, was played by Karen E. Fraction. Roger Parker, who was the father of the family, was played by Jim R. Coleman. And Alfie's best friend, Milton Goo Berry was played by Jimmy Lee Newman Jr. Right, I've got something to say. What's with all the, like, the suffixes of all the names and stuff like that? Like, the junior, the fourth, the third, the... What is with that? I think with the whole third and fourth, like, for example, if... I can understand with nobility, like, uh, with, like, kings yeah, and queens Yeah, I do and stuff. think it's, um it's meant as like a, a continuation of the family name kind of thing. So for example, if I'm the head of the family, I'm Abdullah Molim. And basically my son would be Abdullah Molim the second. And then his son would be Abdullah Molim the third. And then his son would be Abdullah Molim the fourth. But you don't have so to on put and so that. Forth. But you, do you have to put that? Is it, what, is it a thing? Like, I don't it know. It might be a style thing. I mean, I've never, cause you don't, because at the point, you don't want to just be junior, junior, junior. You just, you suffix it then, don't you? Yeah, but surely, like, without sounding too morbid, surely senior becomes, senior is senior, right? Then he has a junior. Then senior, like... You're so morbid. No, senior pops his clogs and then junior becomes senior and then has a junior, right? And it kind of carries on like that. But I think it's cool by doing the numbers with it. I think that's how it works anyway. I mean, okay. I think that's how it works. It would be very useful for like, have you ever seen that show Air Hunters where they've got to find the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the lost heirs of a, of a like an estate? I mean, that'd be very useful for them, I guess. 
But no, yeah, let's... Uh... My brother and me. I'll tell you what. I... I saw potential in this show. Yeah. I did. I didn't think it was awful, awful. So, yeah, I will I will say that out of the gate about this show. I thought it was very plain. Like, um, it was very straightforward. Like, I think in the one... in the ep- Was it the first episode where he runs away? Yeah, yeah. And it's like he runs away, then he gets a talking to and he comes back kind of thing. And it was like very straight, like extremely straightforward. Um, one thing I will say is like, I shared a room with my brother when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So the kind of little, like, uh, the big brother, little brother thing. Yeah. I was kind of, a, I was, uh, I thought that was quite cool, you know. Just like, remember? Yeah, that yeah, one? yeah. I think, yeah, it does remind you, if you do have a little brother. Yeah. That whole dynamic with that little brother and what? Make, making sure he stays out of trouble. Because if he doesn't, then you're going to get got as the bigger brother or the older brother. Yeah. One thing I found quite... Strange was Didi had a completely different accent to it or everyone. Well, they're not really brothers and sisters. No, yeah, no, I know, but they're actors, right? They go up pretend like they are. I don't know. Maybe, maybe them all doing a North Carolina accent was a bit tricky for all of them to do. So yeah. Anyway, that's what my, was a comment. I didn't really notice that. I that did. Is... It's because he was had like this thick, deep South accent. And I was a bit like, well, maybe he or maybe the rest need to. Up their game. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe it's not maybe it's not on uh, little Didi that the rest of his family can't pull off a half decent southern oh, accent. One thing I've just seen on this uh, on my notes as well, is that a little white kid in their group? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone had that friend at school. If you didn't have that friend you were the guy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but just had the worst bowl cut ever. And it was like, it was almost tragic, right? It's so, you know, but it reminds me of that Dave Chappelle comedy like thing where he was saying that every black person needs to have at least one white friend <laughs> so that they can talk to the police. It's like, you need him. Just like, if it's all of us, then yeah, we're going to get a go. But if you've got the one white friend, then he, c- he can be the one to talk to the police if we ever get stopped. So fair dues, fair dues. But yeah, that little that poor kid, man. Maybe that poor kid. He was he was great. He had the worst haircut, man, and he was like everybody had the worst haircut in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, like I don't think the nineties was one for fashion and. Uh, it's true. It is true, but and... yeah, and he had the whitest hair as well. You always wore a hat in episodes I watched. Oh man, if if I watched, there's a couple of episodes I watched, and he had his hat off, but only in a couple of scenes. Most of the time, he did have his hat on. When he took it off, he had the massive milk. Do you remember the Milky Bar kid? Yeah. He had the huge glasses on and the blondest blonde hair with like perfect bowl cut, like to the, just under the ears kind of thing. <laughs> and it was like, like, but it was like perfect. But anyway, yeah. Was... You're describing like the perfect Aryan race during Black <laughs> History Month. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he stuck out, stuck out a bit. He's the model. <laughs> oh, like the bluest eyes as well. Bluest probably. eyes. He had the blondest hair. He had the perfect haircut. He was called like Richie or Billy. What was his name? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> I was hung up on the fact that he was called Dee Dee because Dee Dee is a girl's name. I don't think that's his full name. It's probably short for something. I was like... Um... It's probably, it might be DeAndre. It might be D'Angelo. He went on to star in uh, Dexter's Laboratory. 
Or it might be Dexter, yeah. That could be his name. What's Dexter's sister's name? Dee Dee. Trying it. <laughs> oh, you try and give me names. Well, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can't wait till we do Dexter's Laboratory. Let's see if you know all them names. I know Dexter and Dee Dee, that's it. But yeah, let's let's talk about episodes of uh, My Brother and Me. Let's uh let's go into uh, what we watched and uh, what we what we didn't watch. Um so the was it the pilot Dee Dee runs away? Well, it there's it's the first one. You on know the what list. was what was uh, really really um strange about this was that every website that I would kind of look for websites and information and notes They'd all be conflicting. Like one website would say that this was the pilot, another website would say this was the pilot. But I do think the overall consensus is that Dee Dee runs away might be. I think that's a pretty decent pilot anyway because it kind of sets the tone. Yeah, of I mean, the show and like I said before, it was quite a um, it was quite a linear story sort of thing. Yeah, it kind of it kind of was like like he he got he got the ump with yeah. his brother. Then he decided. We got to, the hump with everybody. Yeah. Then he decided to run away, right? And then yeah, he was with his mates, and his mates were like, uh, "I can only run away till like five because I've got to get home for dinner and stuff." <laughs> um, yeah. Then he kind of, then he comes back, and that's the end of the episode. Well, I don't think it was just that, because I think it's one of those where everybody is doing something, or everybody's really busy and caught up with life. Yeah. And obviously he's the youngest. He just wants to hang out and play, but nobody wants to hang out and play. And obviously you're like, yeah, whatever, go away. I'll play with you later kind of thing. Because obviously, yeah, you get that with your little brothers and sisters or even like your little cousins or nephews or whatever. You'd be like, oh, I want to play, I want to play. Just like later, I'm busy. Yeah. And literally everyone's just like palming him off. And then he's like, you know what? I'm not going to stay here anymore. I'm just going to. I'm just going to get up out and, and, and leave. And then he's going to, I think, the comic book store with his mates. Yeah. And they're all like, uh, yeah, we're not going to run away with you. We're going to go home. And he's like literally hanging about, I think, at the school. And yeah. that's where the brother finds him. And he's like, come home, you idiot. Otherwise, I'm going to get in trouble. And that's always the case. It's like if the little brother does something, it's you should the big brother. Yeah. It's the big brother that gets got. Like... That's that's just how that's how that works, and it's incredibly annoying. But that's just the way it is. Such is life, and I think yeah, that was a, a good, a good kind of introduction into them as a dynamic, as a little brother, big brother dynamic. And he might be the most annoying person in the world, but you know, at the end of the day, he's still your brother, and you still love him. And I think I really do think though, you don't really appreciate brothers until you're older yeah like when you're a kid man like having a brother is like hard work (laughs) um and then when you get older and when you're when you're an adult i like i really think like that's when your relationship with a brother comes into its own yeah i'm not sure if it's the same with sisters and sisters and stuff like that but yeah i've certainly got a lot closer to my brother since we've um since we've been adults well that's 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 nice that's lovely and uh, were you done with episodes? Or? No, there's so watch one with uh, partners. Oh, I don't. I don't seen so there's one, one where um, they have to, they get assigned a science project, right? And the big brother's like saying, "Oh, when I was just with my science project, I did this, I did that," um, and it was like uh, it was really good. We got an A, 
and and um, Didi's looking forward to working with all his mates because they all work together all the time, kind of thing. And then he gets he gets put with a girl, and he doesn't want to be with a girl. And he's kind of like, oh, girls are disgusting, girls are this, girls are that, you know. In that kind of um, <laughs> in that way that you know, kids are all, kids always are when they're younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think his brother kind of like tells him that it's not always going to be like this, and um, then. He ends up obviously he hates it and he's kind of fighting it. He doesn't want to work with the girls and he's. So I think she takes a bit of a shine to him. So she's kind of a bit like and he's like, ah, get away from me, kind of thing. But anyway, they end up working together at the end and they get they make a, a solar system out of sweets. Yeah. And they get an A. Uh, and then he kind of tell he's talking to his brother at the end. Oh, have you ever kissed a girl? He goes, Yeah, yeah I have kissed him a couple of times. And he goes. Oh, that's disgusting. He goes, I think it's one of those things where it gets better as you get older. Or gets less <laughs> disgusting anyway. Um, yeah, and then I was... Uh, and then, oh, yeah, and then I just wrote about that little kid's haircut, which is... Did you actually watch that? What? The haircut episode. Oh, no. Did you watch it? No, I couldn't find that anywhere. Oh, no, I was just talking about the little um, white kid. No, but there is an episode about him going to the barbers that he isn't allowed to go. Why isn't he allowed to go? I don't know, because... It's probably a black barbers, and obviously, they talk about all sorts in black barbers, don't they? Do they? Well, yes. I've never, I've never been to a black barbers, and you never will <laughs> with that attitude. But no, it's um, yeah, like black barbers. It's like a place you go and you just, you just unload. You talk about anything and everything. So, are you a talker to the barber? Do you be talking to the barber, you be talking to the other barber, you be talking to the other customers. Oh, man. No matter what the conversation is, it could be about anything. And it's like what, what's been said in there stays in the barbers. Oh, man. I, I do not like talking to the barbers. Like, once it's gone past the, what do you want? <laughs> and then it's like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, like, oh stop talking to me. And then, and then the, the last thing I say is uh, when they're like, I hold the mirror up to the back and it's like, yep. Another side. Yep. Thanks very much. <laughs> and that's it. I I really don't like talking in there. It's like No, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Black barbers is a whole different thing. And yeah, they'll be in that like I said, it's just like a wide range. It could be even football. Or it can be about women. It could be about anything and everything. No holes barred. Anything goes. And what's been said in there stays in there. Yeah. Can I tell you about my brother's uh, recent experience in the barbers? Just quickly. Was it a black barbers? It was a Turkish barbers. Then it's not... Okay, fine. <laughs> but he... So he had an experience where... Uh, so he was... They were getting his hair cut and stuff like that. And they... The Turkish seemed to like... Probably pamper you a bit more than like the English right. barber. And um, anyway, so he was getting his beard trimmed and stuff like this. And then all of a sudden this guy come up to him and just stuck a lolly stick up his nose. And then he goes, goes again and sticks another one up and then leaves him for like a couple of seconds and then comes back and then rips them out of his nose and it's like a wax, <laughs> a wax thing for his nose. He said it was one of the most painful things he's ever happened to him in, in his entire life. Was it actual lollipop? No, it was like a, do you know like oh, a... Oh, just a stick? It was like a stick with wax on the, with like a, do you know, wax on the end? Yeah, to yeah, wax yeah. the the nose hairs. Right. And he just ripped them out and he just said his eyes were streaming. <laughs> <laughs> but he said he didn't ask for it, they just did it. All part of the service, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so I watched an episode called The Charity. 
And basically, Dee Dee, Alfie, and Melanie are supposed to be working at the carnival dunk booth. And basically, Goo comes by and he's like, oh my God, Kendall Gill, who's like a basketball player, is going to be signing autographs at the comic book store. And they realize that their dad, who's a journalist, is going to be interviewing Kendall. But the mum was like, look, you guys need to be here when the um, the dunk booth is ready. So you guys need to man that. And basically, they're stuck in the comic book store and they don't want their dad to see because they're thinking, oh, they're at the uh, at the carnival. And then Goo is like, oh, to Didi and Alfie, put on some masks and then your dad won't know it's you. He'll just think it's one of my cousins. And then one of Goo's cousins actually shows up. And then the dad goes to Didi. Oh, hey, Didi. Tell mom I'll see her later. And then Didi doesn't know. He's like, okay, dad. And he's like, busted. <laughs> Got him. Got him. And he's like, yeah. Y'all were supposed to be at the carnival. What are you guys doing here? But then they're like, oh, we really wanted to meet Kendall. Kendall Rice. No, Kendall Gill. Kendall Rice. <laughs> Yeah, they're meant to be meeting, yeah, Kendall Gill. And he's like, oh, he's our favorite basketball player. But then, yeah, I think Kendall Gill actually comes down to the carnival and he's like signing autographs. So, yeah, they learn about... I think this episode was also about them learning about the importance of charity and the importance of giving things to people less fortunate. And, yeah, so they managed to get Kendall Gill to come over and sign a bunch of stuff and... Yeah, so that was a, a good episode. And I think the last episode was The Big Bully. So basically, Dee Dee is getting beat up by a fourth grader named Big Lou. And Dee Dee's like, look, I want to learn how to fight. And when he realizes that Dee Dee can't fight, Goo basically teaches him how to bluff. So basically going, yeah, you want to hit me? You want to hit me? Hit me then, hit me then, hit me then. And that is that's exactly what happens. He gets hit. And then basically we find out that Big Lou is a girl. Oh, Lordy. And they're like, oh, well, it's a girl. We're not going to do anything. And then Big Lou basically calls over her sister. And she's like, oh, look at these guys. They're causing me trouble. They're causing me strife. And then at the end of the episode, we see Alfie calling somebody and he's basically calling the girl who was supposed to be part of the bullying gang. And that's how it ends. Why is he calling her? Because he likes her. Because ah. he fancies her. So yeah, that was uh, my brother and me. Actually, I don't know why I threw my notes like that. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate the show. I uh, I thought it was kind of just like a very straightforward, very, yeah, very straightforward show. Yeah. Yeah. And we finally now come on to Romeo. And we're going to September 2003. So you had Dutch dispensaries becoming the first in the world to offer cannabis as a prescription drug. Britain invades Iraq. Was that in September? I don't know when that was. No, it was not. I think I think they were well into Iraq by then. Oh, really? Yep. Isn't in, in 2003, that's all I remember. Yep. This is September. The best month. 
Also, David Blaine stays in a small transparent capsicle suspended 30 feet above the ground near Tower Bridge. And he goes without food for 44 days. The Methuselah Foundation launches the Methuselah Mouse Contest, offering the prize to the team which can extend mouse lifespan the longest. The aim is to promote research which can offer insights into human longevity. Lost in Translation was in the cinemas. And Where is the Love? by Black Eyed Peas Peas was number one. Well, I should say still number one because I remember we went went on holiday in uh, the summer of 2003 and that song was number one then. And when we came back from holiday, it was still number one. I remember it just being... That was kind of the time when... um, Do you remember those music channels? Yeah. They were really popular at the time. Um, And I remember that just being all over them. Yeah. I think Justin Timberlake doesn't get the credit for that because it's him that's in the chorus is it yes i never knew that because obviously just, obviously just the chorus everybody just assumed it was fergie but it wasn't do you know the names of the black eyed peas uh no will i am i saw him the other day you saw him the other day i saw him he's in switzerland but saw him saw him or yeah, he was just just chilling out looking at some exhibition as if yeah you should have like said something i was like bro we're doing a podcast next week do you want to be on it he was like uh yeah all right i was like oh actually no 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 not 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 get him on the pot if you saw will i am why didn't you talk to him what have i got to say to the guy uh, uh, hi my- you're will i am nice to meet you my wife watches the voice but i don't like it i think it's rubbish you, you there was so <laughs> much you could have done and that, you did, and you did none of them. Yeah, but I don't. What, 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 what am I going to say? There's not going to be like one either. Everyone else says exactly the same thing, or two, I just sound like a complete donut. But yeah, anyway, the the members of Back Up Peas is Will I Am, Apple, Apple, um, Orange, Taboo. That's it. Yeah, that's the third one, and then Fergie. But I don't think Fergie's in the Back Up Peas anymore. I think it's just the three of them now. But anyway, Romeo. So again, this is a, another Nickelodeon show. So I think this is a Nickelodeon. Yeah, triple. this is a Nickelodeon. You're welcome, Nickelodeon. Free publicity for your shows. So yeah, the uh, the filming was actually done in Vancouver, but the show takes place in Seattle, Washington. Washington Seattle, Washington. Yeah, yeah, Washington State. Yeah. Seattle. I think Seattle and Vancouver actually share a border. Yeah, I was going to say, is Seattle in Canada and America? Well, no. It's just. Or is in it America. in America? But very you've got near- Vancouver, it's like right on the west coast of like Canada, and then you go slightly down and it shares a border with Seattle. Yeah, but I get confused because sometimes the Americans are actually north of Canada, where the, the way the border goes up towards the east coast, I think. So, Canada, Canada. Canadians can actually be sound. I I know what I mean in my head. I can't explain it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get rid of all that in post. <laughs> and so yeah, basically, it's just a show that stars Lil Romeo as a fictionalized person of himself, and he's basically forms a band called Pieces of a Puzzle, along with three of his siblings, and he lives with his father, who's a record producer and provides guidance along with Romeo's stepmother and nanny. 
And it was known as the 21st century kids version of the Partridge family with a hip hop edge. God, do you know that stuff like that makes me cringe so much when they say that with a hip hop edge. Yeah, because you know it's made by like 40 year olds in a boardroom. Yeah, 40 year old white guys. Yeah, in, in a boardroom. And then they're, 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 te- they're telling people how to rather than, yeah, it drives me bonkers. No, yeah, that's, yeah, when I just read that with a hip hop edge. It's like, ooh, it's just the the absolute worst. But um, also, yeah, some of the characters, like I said, you got Little Romeo, who plays himself, and his dad happens to be Master P, the famous rapper. Of course, you don't know him. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I think yeah, he's known as the Ice Cream Man, and I think that was one of like his big records. Make him say, uh, was another one of his uh, famous records. Some of these shows made me say, uh, as well. So, uh, you and me both, you and me both, Mr. P. And you got Jody Miller, who is basically the oldest sibling in the family. You got the adopted brother, I think is Lewis. And he plays the keyboard in the band. And you got Gary Miller, who's basically the second youngest of the Miller siblings. And you got the eccentric nanny, who is Marie. And she formerly used to work at the circus. And then you got the little baby boy, Bobby, who's like the youngest child. And he's basically like a half sibling to the boys. And yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Yeah, Master P and Lil Romeo are father and son in real life, as well as in the show. Didn't know that. So I thought that was... Uh, I didn't know that either. And then, yeah, that was quite a, quite a cute thing. And uh, believe it or not, Little Romeo was nominated as Best Television Actor at the 2004 Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards for his role in Romeo. So that's only Nickelodeon shows, right? What? In the Nickelodeon Awards show, whatever. I guess. So presumably within the Nickelodeon network. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's not that bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not... No, I'm not taking everything away from it. I was yeah. just asking. Little little note on uh, Little Romeo himself. Basically, yeah, he's a rapper, actor, entrepreneur, and model. He actually released his debut single, My Baby, in 2001. And his debut album, Little Romeo, charted the US Billboard at number six. And in 2007, he was ex- he was offered and accepted a scholarship to play basketball for the USC Trojans. So I think it's the University of South, Car- South California. And obviously, like I was talking about, uh, Master P, a.k.a. Percy Robert Miller, who's also known as the Ice Cream Man and the Ghetto Bill. And yeah, he's uh, also a rapper, actor, businessman, record producer, philanthropist former basketball player as well as i was ta- as i was saying before his big hits include mr ice cream man and make him say uh and yeah he's also been in a number of movies including i got the hookup and gone in 60 seconds i've only seen that movie once you haven't not a fan of nicholas cage to be honest yeah I've, I've only ever seen that movie once as well and i wasn't crazy about it so I remember how people used to. Get, I remember when like people were going crazy about this film, going, "Oh my God, Gone in sixty seconds, what a film!" And it's like, it wasn't all that. 
I I didn't think so either. Um, I did look through that. Um, Mr. What was his name? Mr. P. Master P. Master P. I checked through his songs and uh, don't know any of them. Of course you don't. Um, like I said, you wasn't expected to know. Fair enough. Um, Romeo. There's though. another uh, celebrity cameo that we'll talk about later. Let's see if you know this person. Probably not. Right. Yeah. Say something about Romeo. Uh, what can I say? It was. A little bit funny, quite a lot like Kaching, I thought. Weirdly, I was drawing. No. Yeah, I was drawing comparisons because he's a bit of a, like a schemer, a wisher, like a dreamer guy. Wants his thing to succeed, right? Yeah. And I kind of was drawing comparisons with it, and uh, it was a. Maybe you should have done the head-to-head with these two then. What? <laughs> Romeo and Kaching. Oh, dude, don't. That would have been even worse. Why? I think I didn't enjoy Romeo that much. Uh, it was quite actually. No, saying that the first episode, I started I start off when I was a bit like, "This is quite annoying." Um, quite in your face. The it's kind of like a cameras off the tripod and handheld and kind of yeah in the in you know in the face and stuff like that. And it was a bit like settle down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I actually thought it was quite funny towards the end. I like the, the nanny was quite funny. The dynamic between the three of them, were, four of them, were quite funny. As in the four kids, it was another one where the dad's kind of on his own, right? Uh huh. Um, and it was because it was the first one I watched. I kind of wrote that down that it was like another one where single dad, single dad, kids, and stuff like that. Um, widowed, I think too. Yeah. Um, what Nickelodeon are doing to the women, but. Uh, uh yeah yeah what can i say i don't think it's a nickelodeon thing i think it was like most shows or like most black shows would always be the single parent whether it's the mum or in most cases the dad is like the single dad and yeah i don't know maybe they were trying to like ram home the message that not all dads up and leave some yeah. do stick around and look after the kids Case in point, some of these TV shows. <laughs> All of these TV shows. Yeah. But, um, Romeo, Romeo. Where to begin? I mean, I, I've actually, I went from hating it to death to not hating it to death so much. <laughs> so it kind of went up in my estimation as the, uh, as the series kind of progressed. And, uh, shall we, uh, talk about episodes of, uh, of, of this show? Yeah. Uh, so obviously, I think we both watched, must have watched the pilot. Yep. Attack of the nannies. Yep. The introduction of the white, the white nanny. They're terrorizing their um, previous nannies, which I thought was quite entertaining. Yeah. Um, then they get that like crazy woman who doesn't actually officially get the job, but she just sticks around anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so I wrote that it was kind of sort of like kaching. Uh, what even happened in that episode? Oh, they managed to um. Oh, because they're... Um, they go to the record yeah. thing, and, and the, 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 the DJ is actually a robot. Yeah. It's kind of just like some computerized... Right, yeah. And they managed to put the sneak in past security and, <laughs> and play their record on the radio. Yeah. And their dad gets mad. Yeah. And so he's thinking, oh, you guys keep getting rid of all the nannies, I've just got to find one. And then while she's incredibly crazy, she's seems to be perfect for the kids. And she was... I remember going, oh going to oh you're gonna punish him for two weeks and he's like huh is that yeah 
you're going to ground him for two weeks and he can only go to school and back. And it's like, okay, then, yeah, you're grounded for two weeks. And so, yeah, that kind of tandem between between the two was uh, was pretty cool. And then, yeah, it's like, yeah, you're you're hired. I thought it was quite like, do you know, like the whole um, the nanny bit where they're like the nannies are not auditioning, interviewing for the job. Yeah. I thought that was quite a lot like Mrs. Doubtfire. Although Mrs. Doubtfire was all over the phone. Yeah. That bit kind of reminded me of that as well. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, I watched that pilot and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to like this show. Yeah. Like this, this show absolutely, absolutely sucks. And it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to enjoy this show. But yeah, as a as it kind of went on, it it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't so bad. It definitely warms up. Uh, it kind of starts off a little bit annoying, but I think it does settle down a bit. I watched the the second episode I watched was about them. They hear an, they get a letter through the post, right? And it says, "If you pay me a hundred dollars, I will." put your song on the radio and I'll play it on all of the radio stations within 48 hours. And their sister's like, nah, this is a joke. This is a scam. Don't do it. Uh, anyway, they sell their bikes to raise the cash for a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And they send it off to this bloke who doesn't keep up to his uh, thing. He says, oh, they go and see him at his registered address. And they said, he said, oh, but you didn't read the small print. It said like, you know, all, promises will are allowed to be broken and no refunds will be given and stuff like that yeah so they want their money back and they end up like terrorizing this geezer like they he hates uh cockroaches and they like get a bag of like cockroaches and they put them on him and they glue him to the table right and then he ends up giving him the money back plus another hundred dollars <laughs> yeah, and that's about that's about all that happens in the episode to be honest oh is that what you watched yep Okay, so I watched Man of the His House because apparently that was Little Romeo's favorite episode. And so basically, you know, Percy, the dad, he comes back. He's really, really tired. All the kids are going, hey, I want you to do this. Hey, I want you to do this. And he's like, guys, I'm really tired. Leave me alone. But Romeo's like, I bet I can do what you do. It's easy. And then he goes, you know what? You're in charge for the day. And so basically... Romeo is trying to see what it's like to be a caregiver, to be a, a record producer, working with an incredibly spoiled singer. And he finds it incredibly difficult. And he's like, oh my God, how do you do this every day? And he's like, you know what? I quit. Like, I'm, I'm, I've never realized how bad you had it. And he's like, you know, maybe if we can try and make it easy for you next time, then we will. And then obviously you had Mrs. Rogers who was trying to fix her broken down circus clown car. But yeah, the main kind of thing of the episode was how Romeo sees how difficult his dad is being a single dad as well. And he's like juggling just about everything and he's making sure that he's holding it down at home as well as work. And then episode three of season two, Rules of Engagement. So basically, yeah, they... Percy has a girlfriend, Angeline, and he wants to propose to her, but he's worried that she's going to turn him down. And so 
he gets the kids to help him by keeping the house super clean, making a nice fancy dinner. And basically he tries to hide the ring inside a dessert. And then there's obviously like a few mishaps as you do with these kind of shows. And it turns out that the little brother, I think it's Gary, he basically hides the ring because he's like, oh, I don't want my dad to get married. I don't want him to meet someone new. But all the kids are like, look, he's going to be really happy with her. Give it a chance. This could be something really, really good. And then once Percy, he gets really, really nervous and he's like hiding in the bathroom. But then I think the kids try and to encourage him to to just kind of go for it and uh, ask uh, ask the hand in uh, in marriage. And then in after all this, he finally asks to marry her. But I think he's like, you know, will you marry us? Because obviously, you're not just marrying him; you're kind of marrying into the whole family and the whole kids and everything like that. And she's like, yes, absolutely, I will love to marry you. And then the finale. So uh, basically, they get a call. And a record producer in LA is like, you know, I like you guys. You guys are legit. We want to invite you to do a show in LA. And we want you to open for Jojo. Now, do you know who Jojo is? Nope. Of course you don't. She won a Grammy. She won a Grammy last week, which was uh, pretty cool. Um, she, this was 2003. She had that song, I think, Get Out, Leave. And yeah, like she was like a, meant to be like the next big thing. But I don't think it kind of worked out for her. And I think she had like a whole dispute with her record label. In real life. Yeah. And so I think she kind of re-recorded two albums that she did when she was a kid and she kind of did like a newer version of them so there's like a brand new version of like get out leave even the song she did with Lil bow wow baby it's you so like a brand new version of that and fast forward all these years she won a grammy last week for best r&b song i think the song say so i think that was the song but yeah one one best R&B. So uh, congratulations to you, Jojo. Here's to you. Mrs. Robinson. I'm amazed that you know that reference and that song. Anyway, as they're in LA, basically the uh, the the record manager or whatever was like, uh, basically, we just want you, Romeo. We don't want the band. We just want a rapper. And Romeo's like, look, we're family. We travel together. I can't do it. I'm going to turn it down. And then basically his brothers are like trying to convince him going, are you stupid? This is like your dream. This is what you've wanted to do your whole life. He's like, look, I'm going to quit all this music stuff after high school. I'm going to go and become a pilot. And Gary's like, I want to play video games. And already the big sister who was part of the group, I think she left for college. So they're like, look, this is your opportunity. And basically their dad catches up with them and he's like, I can't believe you guys went to LA without me, without telling me. And he's like, there's so much that we need to talk about, but go out on that stage and you go and kill it. And then they meet Jojo, who's playing herself. And she's like, oh, you know, warm up that crowd for me. Because there were 
opening for 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 Jojo, and obviously even then she was she was a kid even in that episode because it's two thousand three. Yeah, she was kind of been older than like thirteen or fourteen when she first released her music. So this was about yeah two thousand and three, four, five. So yeah, she's like early early teens and finally won a Grammy. So uh, yay, woo, Jojo, Jojo, <laughs> woo, 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 and uh, yeah, that's it. We have to choose. My brother and me. <laughs> Not even close, man. I mean, I, I have to say that I thought that uh, none of these shows are kind of ringing my bell this week. Yeah. But I think My Brother and Me was the one that I probably like thought I connected with more than any of the other shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and on that same vein... I'm also going to go with my brother and me, even though I know it's like scraping the bottom of the barrel. But I do think yeah, in that same vein, I do I did like the whole brother dynamic between Dee Dee and Alfie. I did, I didn't. I'm, I was watching that show thinking, yeah, I don't, I didn't hate this show. I didn't think it was annoying. I think the theme song was incredibly annoying, though. I don't even. I remember. think all three theme songs were really really annoying do you know it's it's a bit difficult as well because we came off such a strong week yeah of theme tunes of cartoons that were great they were yeah. five minutes long yeah. they were snappy and then like there were there were long episodes there were yeah. like the themes tunes it was like... it was every bit 24 minutes yeah and obviously when it's not good then you feel every second of that 24 minutes yeah and it's like oh just get to the point get to the point but yeah hopefully the next kind of shows that we do for black history month will be as good as the ones we did back in uh october because we did some cracking shows yeah back we, then, so, didn't we, we found some real gems last like last good time. times family matters like so much like living single remember that yeah yeah i remember them all man they're, they're, i remember all all of them like I remember discovering some really great. Yeah. Really. Yeah. 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 Like that was all of those shows were, were awesome. So yeah, that's what, that's what we're going to do for this month. We're going to, we're going to keep to that, to that vein. And so hopefully you will uh, continue to listen to us. And I think that will be a good place to bring it to an end. But yeah, like, as I was saying before, like you guys went mad for the Moomins, like on, on my socials, it was, the interaction was 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 crazy this week. Like, done some numbers with the retweets and the likes, which I really really liked. Obviously, we had uh, Joe on uh, Twitter who was basically saying that the Moomins was my absolute favorite. Loved them since I was a kid, and still love them thirty odd years later. And you obviously had someone who tweeted me going that the Family Nest theme song was now stuck in their head. So, uh, you're welcome. And also, I think the Pollington Peas as well. I had a lot of people going to me, oh, down at the bottom of the garden, among the birds and the bees, you know? So, yeah, like, you guys, you guys, you guys loved that, man. You guys absolutely went went berserk over it, but berserk in, in the good way. So, uh, like I said, I hope that translates into listeners and subscribers and all of that. You can listen and subscribe to Yesterday's Capers wherever you get your podcast from. So uh, do get on that. And uh, like I said, if you like something, if you don't like something, you know, you can 
get in contact with us on our socials. You can follow us on Instagram at yesterday's capers one. You can follow us on Twitter at yesterday capers. You can follow me on Insta at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Like I said, give me a holler. If you like something, if you don't like something, let me know. Also, wherever you are around the world, if you want to tell us where you're listening to, please tell us. And uh, yeah, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Papers. <laughs>